Amen. I, I thank God for the opportunity to be able to be together in worship, to sing and be reminded, to remind ourselves and each other that God is good. God is holding on to us. And I don't know about you, but I need that. I need that right now. I need that right now. I've just spent the weekend with our youth at the Spiritual Life Retreat in Camp Blisson in Dahlonega, which is a retreat for teenagers, middle and high schoolers that the United Methodist Church does in North Georgia. They come from all over North Georgia to spend the weekend together uh, to worship, to hear preaching, to serve, to share meals. It's a fantastic time with a whole bunch of teenagers, <laughs> which can wear you out. And, and I don't know if you've ever had the experience of bunking with a whole bunch of teenage boys or preteen boys uh, for any length of time, but I've spent the last sort of 48-ish hours doing that. And um, it's a special blessing of its own kind to, to be around a whole bunch of teenage and preteen boys uh, gathered together without their parents. Um, there's an aroma that goes with that kind of get-together, if I may, a, a special blend of sweat and dirt and Doritos, you know, and, um, and bathing that is um, perceived as optional and intermittent and half-hearted. I mean, it, you get it? There was, there was an aroma. I mean, it reminded me, I've, I've been on countless trips, youth trips. I was a youth pastor at one point and church planter, so then you're doing it all. And, and I mean, I've been to Camp Glisten and done these retreats with, and bunked with the kids plenty of times. And, uh, but it's been a minute, and so it brought back a lot of memories. And man, that smell. <laughs> I know, I don't want to make too much out of it, but it's worth every bit of it. Um, it, it stinks. I mean, it just, it stinks. Um, and yet I had a moment where I was reminded that that smell is in its own way a representation of in this case our 11 we took 17 kids but our 11 teen and preteen boys who've set aside their weekend and left their lives behind uh, to go and spend some time focused time in the name of Christ to, to be in the presence of God together, to, to grow and pursue their faith in their own way and understanding uh, together. And that's holy. But man, that smell. But that's the way smells are. They're, they're powerful. I mean, smells bring things to mind for us, remind us of moments or things. And, and there's a story in the scripture about uh, a time and experience that Jesus had with somebody we believe it to be Mary and, and an aroma a fragrance that goes with that experience and, and that's our scripture for this morning and I want to read it for you and we'll put it on the screen I'm reading from John chapter 12 I'll read verses 1 through 8 I want to ask you if you will when I finish reading it will you just affirm that with me out loud as, as being for us from God this morning I'll say when I finish reading the scripture, I'll say, this is the word of God for the people of God. And you just respond, thanks be to God. Did you do that? When I finish reading it, thank you. All right, here it is. John 12, 1 through 8. Six days before Passover, 
Jesus came to Bethany, the home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Lazarus and his sisters hosted a dinner for him. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who joined him at the table. Then Mary took an extraordinary amount, almost three-quarters of a pound, of very expensive perfume made of pure nard. She anointed Jesus' feet with it, then wiped his feet dry with her hair. The house was filled with the aroma of the perfume. Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, the one who was about to betray him, complained. This perfume was worth a year's wages. Why wasn't it sold and the money given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. He carried the money bag and would take what was in it. And then Jesus said, leave her alone. This perfume was to be used in preparation for my burial, and this is how she has used it. You will always have the poor among you, but you won't always have me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. This particular story actually can be found in all four of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, although Luke is so different in the telling that maybe it was a different occasion. But when you go about the work of reading the scriptures, the Bible, particularly studying, it's helpful to notice things like this. Like there's a story here that all four of the gospel writers told. And it's helpful for a couple of reasons. One, because you see the differences in their tellings, which can raise up different aspects of the story or interesting things that maybe one writer captured and another didn't. So it can be helpful in that regard to know and read it in all of the Gospels in this case. Another reason it's helpful is because then you can look for the things that are common to all of the tellings in a sense of a way to know, okay, here's the main thread of this story. Not unlike youth ministry, when something happens with the youth group Uh, Say something goes wrong, uh, something goes missing, or something gets broken, or a child gets duct taped to the playground equipment. Just the things that I've experienced in youth ministry. You go and ask the different parties involved, tell me what happened, what went down. And, And in the different tellings, you hear the details that help you put the whole picture together, and you find a thread in there that is probably the truth, or at least the important thing that you're looking for. The same is true here, and the thing that is common to all four of the tellings in the Gospels of this story is that there is a woman who pours out an inordinate amount, an excessive, extravagant, expensive amount of perfume onto Jesus. And in this season of Lent, as we head towards the grave and the cross and the resurrection of Jesus as we go on the Jesus way as we've been doing and reading about Jesus' experience with people and people's experiences with Jesus, we find in this story, this person, Mary, and the way she went as she followed Jesus. And for her, that was to take this perfume and pour it onto Jesus. Now, Matthew and Mark say that she poured it on his head. Luke and John say she poured it on his feet. But again, the common thread here is that Mary 
poured out this expensive perfume, this excessive amount of expensive perfume on to Jesus, anointing him. Now, another thing is you read the scripture and you begin to study and, and work to understand it and understand its meaning for your life is you, you got to look at stories like this and see somebody who does something out of the ordinary. And you have to ask, why? Now, for us, we've got the, the benefit of history and the privilege of looking back through the lens of all of Scripture and the resurrection, and we go, well, of course we know why. Duh, it was Jesus. It was God's Son, you know, Easter, all of that. Well, that had not happened yet in this story. So it's important to go back and, and best we can to sort of put ourselves in that place and, and ask why. Why did she do this? I mean, you've probably had experiences like that where you've seen or heard about something, you've read about something, or you watched a documentary about it, an event or an experience, and you, you, you hear all the angles and you, you see all the reporting and the reflecting upon it and the significance of it, and you thought, wow, I would have loved to have been there. That would have been cool to be a part of. Or to be there in the moment when that happened. Of course, remember, if you were there, then you wouldn't, as you experience it, wouldn't have the benefit of all of that reflection and all of the interviews of the different sources to put the whole picture together and show you the magnitude of it or the enormity of it. When you're in it, you're just there. You're just there in the moment and you're experiencing it yourself for how you see it. So here's Mary in the moment wasting all of this perfume on Jesus. Why? Now, in Matthew and Mark, and okay, again, studying the Bible, Matthew just copies Mark most of the time. Mark is the first gospel is written, and a lot of what's in, in Matthew is just the stuff that was in Mark. I'm not, that's not a, I'm not throwing shade, that's just the truth. And, and they both say essentially the same thing, that Jesus tells Judas and the others, she was going to use this perfume to anoint me for my burial. And that's what she's doing. In other words, and some theologians believe that Mary may have been one of the only people who was actually paying attention to what Jesus had been telling them about what was going to happen to him. And so she was, in essence, already preparing his body for his burial. This perfume would have covered the stench of death, right? That, that was part of the ritual to care for the body once someone had died. So maybe that's what it was. I, I'd offer that there was something else also going on here. Something incredible in Mary. Because it tells us in the story that they were in Bethany. Jesus had gone to Bethany, which was the home of Lazarus, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Mary and Martha and Lazarus were sisters and brother. And if you read the chapter before this, chapter 11 of John, we see the story of Jesus coming to Bethany and raising Lazarus from the dead. Mary had seen her brother brought back to life. And in the presence of the miraculous gift of new life, of a second chance, Mary was brought to a place in her own heart and life where her only response was to take all that she had, the most valuable thing of her possession, and pour it out at the feet of Jesus. 
anybody in here relate to having had an experience with the risen Savior, with Jesus Christ, to the point in your life where you don't know what else to do about it. You don't know how else to respond. You have experienced the life-giving, life-changing, life-saving power of God in Jesus Christ for yourself or for someone else that you know to the point that you've got no other way to respond than take whatever you have, whoever you are, whatever you own, anything that you can, and pour it out at the feet of Jesus as a way to honor and anoint the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Son of the Most High God. Mary had seen Lazarus been raised from the dead by Jesus. Her life had been changed forever. And her response was to pour out what she had of great value and worth for him. I might make the assumption or the argument that we're gathered here in this room or online for this moment because we have experienced that kind of thing with Christ Jesus ourselves. Hence we worship, we give, we serve, we offer of ourselves for God and for the sake of others because we have experienced the same thing that Mary experienced, the same thing that Lazarus experienced, and our lives have been changed. So we pour out who we are and what we have at the feet of Jesus to honor and bless and anoint him as king. It's why we gather together in this room. It's why we give an offering. It's why we help out with youth retreats and parents' night out. Last night, our children's ministry hosted a parents' night out so parents could bring their kids and leave them and go away without them with 30 kids in there last night. It's why we participate in things like that, to bless people in the name of Jesus. Well, what do you have? What would you pour out? If that was you, Mary, in that moment, what is it that you have? What is it about you, about your life, that you would give? We do it in big and small ways. Let me give you an easy one. It's a really easy one. If you were on social media, what would it look like to, to pour out your social media at the feet of Jesus? What you share, what you post, what you repost. What if you gave that as an offering to God? I, I'll make it even easier for you. Follow the church. People in this church have contributed daily devotionals that they have written. People among you have poured out a little bit of themselves and their hearts, and every day we're sharing one during the season of Lent. Just go like it and share it on yours. As a way to sort of pour out your own social media impact and presence, which probably isn't as big as you think it is. I know, I know that, but somebody's reading what you're putting out there and sharing. I mean, you see what I mean? It's just easy ways to do that. When you give, in a moment we'll, we'll have an opportunity to give our offering. When you give, when you bring of what you have financially, physically, tangibly, 
man, that is a, that's a pouring out of something that's valuable to you, that you've earned or worked hard for, that you have plans for, but yet you're going to give it. Which is why we give people an opportunity to share with the leadership of the church what they plan to give in the year so that we can plan for ministry based on what we all expect to contribute. Our church is forming an endowment right now to give people an opportunity to, to leave a legacy gift. This is not just about what you would give on any given Sunday, but this is about the kind of gift that you would give that's going to make a lasting impression for generations. So as you think about what you're going to do with what you have and make end-of-life decisions like that, you can include the church and the ministry of the church in your plans so that you can make that kind of lasting gift to the church's endowment. And let's don't miss the juxtaposition of how Mary gave and what Judas said, how Judas would have handled that situation. There's Mary, without saying a word, by the way, just in her actions, worshiping Jesus with all that she had. And then Judas's response is, wait a minute, no, you shouldn't do that. That's wasteful. Here's how you, you should sell that perfume and give that to the poor. Mary just taking everything she has and, and throwing it at the feet of Jesus, trusting him, honoring him, worshiping him, and Judas coming with some good ideas about how to control that gift. The, the ultimate tie some strings to that gift and say, no, here's what we ought to do with that. Not even his, somebody else's. Of course, John, taking digs at Judas in the parentheses in the scripture, can't trust that guy. He's the one that betrays Jesus. He's just wanting to pad his pockets out of the offering. Judas, the one who wants to control where the money goes or even make sure he gets his beak wet in the process and gets his cut and he gets taken care of. And I don't know, before we throw him completely under the bus, I mean, it may just be the fact that Judas couldn't see it. He couldn't see the power and the significance just giving it to God, just giving it to Jesus and trusting God to provide. Trusting that when we honor and worship Jesus with all that we have, with the best of what we have, even to excess in our own lives or what might be in the views of other people, that when we do that, God is honored and God provides and Jesus is lifted up. And maybe he just couldn't see it. So Mary pours out what she has. And it says the aroma filled the room. The fragrance of Mary's offering of who she was and what she had filled the room. Just like when you and I, when we give of ourselves, of our lives, of what we have to Christ, 
fragrance of that gift fills the space. When we show up in here together, our smells <laughs> fill this space. The fragrance of our offering, of ourselves. When we show up at home or at work or in the world, pouring out ourselves and our lives at the feet of Jesus, that is a fragrant aroma that fills the space wherever we are. Paul wrote it in 2 Corinthians. He wrote to the church, we are the aroma of Christ's offering before God. You and me, we, our lives poured out before God as an offering. We are that fragrant aroma. Like Ann Smith of Charlotte, North Carolina. God bless her, she passed away in 2020 during the pandemic at age 94. But out of a calling and a compassion in her own heart, she started a ministry there. It was the Charlotte Food Rescue became the North Carolina Harvest. It was basically to make sure that food that would have otherwise been thrown out or disposed of got put to good use. And there's a story about her with a station wagon full of donuts on her way to take them to somebody so that they could be a blessing and feed somebody who was hungry. But she stopped for a meeting that she had with some people at what is now Bank of America to try to get them to get behind her effort. And the story is that she went into the building, the high-rise, got on the elevator, and before they could push the button to close the door, somebody in the elevator said, you smell like donuts. And by the time they got off the elevator, she had another participant, supporter of her ministry. Because the fragrance, the aroma of her giving herself to the work of Christ in the world filled the space. When Matthew tells this story, he quotes Jesus saying, this woman's story will be told anytime the gospel is preached. Now, does that mean literally? That anytime somebody is talking about Jesus, they're going to tell the story of this woman? Or does that mean that her story, her offering, is so much a part of the fabric of the gospel that anytime the good news of Jesus Christ is preached, and I hope you hear it for you today, the good news of Jesus Christ, that no matter who you are, where you are, where you've come from, where you're headed, God loves you and gave his son Jesus Christ to die so that you could be free to live, to live life to the fullest the way that God created you to live it and to know that what that looks like played out in your life and mine is like Mary. It's like Ann Smith. Is that us giving our lives to go on this way of Jesus creates a fragrant aroma in the world. And so what we've put up here this morning is an opportunity for us to create a fragrant aroma, each of us. And so I'll explain to you what it is. Uh, and, and the band's going to come and they're going to play in just a minute, and we'll sing a song, and this will be your opportunity to come and participate in this. So these are sachets. It's, uh, it's actually just a little bag, and it's filled with rice. And, and we got them up here on these two tables. And then there's also uh, droppers of some oils. We've got lavender and mint. And so what I'm going to invite you to do in just a minute 
is as we sing to come up and get a bag. You can open it. Just pull it open. Take a dropper. Get four or five drops of the oil and drop it in the bag, in the rice. And then take that with you as you go. You, your choice is you want to blend the oils you can or whatever. I mean, I've, take it and put it somewhere. Maybe in a cabinet or a drawer or your desk or your car or just a space so that maybe this aroma would fill that space. If, if you're real sensitive to that, maybe put it in a big space where it won't be overwhelming. But somewhere where you'll get a whiff of that fragrance now and then. And every time you do, let it remind you, you are the aroma. You are the fragrance of Jesus Christ in this world. And as you give of yourself, of who you are, of what you have, to the work of God's kingdom, that fragrant aroma fills this space. May it be true of you, of me, of us today. I'm going to ask you if we could pray, and we're going to specifically pray a blessing over these sachets and over our offering as you come uh, to participate in this way. If you've brought an offering, you've got it with you and you want to give it, there are baskets up here. You can put it in the baskets or as always, you can go to the church's website and give there. We're going to pray a blessing over this. Oh God, we are blessed. the love and grace and mercy gift of new life in Jesus Christ that you have given us God we are blessed to be invited to pour out ourselves as an offering to you know that that fragrant aroma of our offering will fill the space and will be a testimony to the goodness of the gospel of Jesus. God, as we come and prepare these sachets and take them with us, we ask you that you would make them be a reminder, a blessing for us wherever they are about who we are in you. God, as we give our offering, we ask your blessing for that. That everything that we give would go to build your kingdom in this world. This is our prayer together. In the name of Jesus, we pray.